I am sitting here with Kyle Taylor Parker. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Kyle. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Kyle just won the Tony, right? Yep, for Kinky Boots. Kyle is starring in Kinky Boots. He's making his Broadway debut. Congratulations. Thank you. Kyle um, is in the course of Kinky Boots. Tell us about um, how you got in the show. Um, it was a really interesting situation. I've been auditioning like we all do for years and years for Broadway, and I was on the road doing In the Heights on tour. And I remember sitting in the dressing room and all of my friends saying, there's this new show, Kinky Boots, we can't wait to be in it. And I was like, oh, no, I don't do drag, it's not my thing. And then I got a phone call from my agent saying, we'd love to call you in for the show Kinky Boots. Billy Porter will be in it. Jerry Mitchell is directing and choreographing. Cindy Lauper is writing. And once I started hearing all of these names, I said, oh, this is something I have to be a part of. And then I read the script, and um, the book is incredible. It really it reads like a straight play, and then it has this soulful music on top of it. And I had to be a part of it. Okay, so um, on YouTube, I heard you singing, and you sing so pretty. My only complaint is that the song was too short. Oh, thank you. Well, tell us about um, the show. Tell us about Kinky Boots, because we have listeners all over the world, and some people don't even know about Kinky Boots. What's the show about? Kinky Boots is a show about these two men who meet on a chance evening. Uh, one inherits his father's shoe factory, which is going under, and the other is a drag performer, Billy Porter. And in an attempt to save the shoe factory, they end up working together to make shoes for drag queens. And in the process of doing that, they learn they're a lot more alike than they are different. Um, and it's really about becoming a man on your own terms. Great. And um, so tell us about your journey as an actor. So the podcast, Everything Acting Podcast, is um, meant to inform, inspire, and demystify the actor's journey. We have listeners all over the world, about 70,000 strong, and we've been around since 2002, my partner and I, Darby. And we like to interview actors and anybody in the, in the entertainment industry and hear about their journey, and um, we're really inspired by yours because you're already giving back as an artist, and we want to get into that too, but first tell us about how you got started. I saw my first Broadway show when I was five years old, and it was Annie, and I had to, from that moment I knew I had to be in musical theater. I got into classes, I I mean, it was it was very serious to me. Where were you? I mean, did you were you in New York? You came I, to New York. Yeah, my mom surprised me. I, we drove up from D.C. and we saw Annie on Broadway. Did you live in D.C.? Yeah. Oh, I'm from D.C. Nice. Yeah. I've lived a little bit of everywhere, but I started. Why in are you an army vet? Kind of. My mom works in prevention and awareness of HIV and AIDS. Oh. So I lived in East Africa, West wow. Africa, Paris, Zurich, and then Wisconsin. Um. <laughs> what a unique, what a unique little journey. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the whole, now I look back on it, and each of those experiences has informed my life as an actor, and I want to now go back to all those places as an adult and really take it in. So uh, how old were you when you saw Annie? I saw Annie when I was five years old. Oh, my gosh. And um, right away I said, Mom, I need to get in classes. I can do this. Because I saw all the kids on stage, and I said, that's something I can do. Um, at five years old? At five years old. It now, was how did she know you would like it? Well, for her, she looked at it as daycare. It oh. was She could have the day free, and, you know, I'd be off doing something. And then when I would come home and practice, the, so the TV would be on, a commercial would happen, I'd turn the TV off, and I would repeat verbatim what happened on the commercial. And I'd practice it, and I'd record it. And I'd say, see, Mom, I can do it. 
And I would stand on the dresser after class and go over all of my monologues. And teachers started to tell her, this is something you really do need to nurture. Wow. Um, so I went to Interlochen Arts Camp. And then, to fast forward my story, when I was 12, the internet was a beautiful thing. And I started finding auditions for Broadway shows. So here I am in Africa. And I see that they're looking for a young Simba. And I said, Mom, I can do this. I really, really can do it. And I had a mom who really believed in me, clearly. Oh and my so gosh. we flew all the way from Africa to New York City to audition for Young Simba. I made it to the end. And that's when I first um, experienced my Broadway, not rejection, but, you know, the no. Um, I was too tall for the role. And I had to deal with that. But it didn't stop me. I wanted to audition, audition, audition. So oh, my God. I think I want to breastfeed you right now. <laughs> I just felt my, like, melt come down. Okay, go ahead. So then, I'm sorry if that was disgusting. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm, what I mean, audience, is that I feel so much empathy for him right now in the role of his mother. I feel like your mother in that moment. Yeah, and having to watch. Yes, you know. and having to heal your broken heart makes me want to breastfeed him. <laughs> it's a motherly instinct. And you know, sometimes with a dream, <laughs> that's like the scary thing is like, just because one person says no doesn't mean that it can't happen. Um, you just have to keep pushing for it. And I don't know if that was spoken or unspoken between my mother and I, but I just kept trucking along. Were you like an only child? I was. Because your mother was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that was a crazy child. thing to do. I would not have done that. <laughs> oh and I gosh. used to put on shows. Well, I didn't audition for her first before I could go. I said, see, watch. And I just did it. And she was like, okay, maybe we should do this thing. Is your mother in show business? No, not at all. She's learned by watching me, but my mom works in public health. It's, She's just a regular you know, person? Yep. And she just had you? Mm-hmm. And, and you just came out singing a Nancy? <laughs> yeah. Well, amen to that. So then um, we <laughs> ended up in Wisconsin because uh, my grandfather passed away. Mm-hmm. And we were there with my grandmother, and there was a lot of family there. So we went to Wisconsin. And the, I could still find Broadway from my computer, you know. And we would every summer I would go to a musical theater camp. And then I remember I came back up. I was 18. I came up to audition for Rent. And it was the national tour. Um, now, no one knew. I wasn't 18 yet. No one knew that I was underage. But I made it again all the way to final callback. And um, then everyone found out my age. And they said, hey, we can't hire you. You're far too young, clearly. Um, but it didn't stop me. And I just kept going and going. I went to AMDA, and um, I really grew there because I realized that since I've been doing it since I was five, I didn't really have technique. I had innate abilities, and I was always, um, I knew how to manipulate my talent, but I didn't have a process. So I wanted to go to school so that I would be able to have technique and a process and something I could always go back to, you know, and draw from. So I did that, and then I was in Broadway's Rising Stars at Town Hall, um, I got my equity card before I left school, and I did hair at the hair of the musical at Arizona Theater Company, and I came back. Did you right get naked? Uh, yes, I did oh. <laughs> for my equity card. I got naked, <laughs> and then I came back with all this idea of promise, mm -hmm. right? Um, because everything was so. It, there was a period of time where it wasn't moving fast, and then it all just kind of took off, mm -hmm. and then it stopped. Um, I didn't work for a year and a half, which isn't too long, but after all of those other things, it, it felt feels like the long. end of the world. Yeah. Right. A month feels long sometimes, and, so, and then a year and a half feels like forever. Mm -hmm. Especially, you know, you just got your agent, you got this, got this card, and but I auditioned. And um, I started to really 
become defeated because I was doing well in all these auditions, but they weren't getting me anywhere. Oh, um, it's hurting. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. <laughs> but it's also, it's all how you look at it. And I yeah. hadn't unlocked that last thing yet. Mm-hmm. And so I was auditioning, auditioning, and I kept thinking, oh, maybe I'm not good. Maybe, you know, this is silly. Maybe I'm really smart, and I should maybe be teaching. I'm good at inspiring other people. Maybe that's what I should be doing. And um, inevitably, I got a cold. I got really, really sick. I couldn't audition. Um, and, of course, I'm an actor, so I was broke. And I was, everything was just falling down. Where was your mama? Um, <laughs> well, and then I finally got ready. I was ready to throw the towel in, and I called, and I said, Mom, I want to move. I want to come back home. And she goes, I'm sorry, but you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to give up on yourself. You can give up on anything else, but you can't give up on yourself. Okay, now I'm crying. <laughs> so, uh, I, I remember I was talking to my friends, and I was looking at how wonderful they were doing. And it's because they had found the joy, the joy that I lost. The whole reason why I wanted to be a part of Broadway was because of the community, because it was the thing that made me happy. Telling stories is the thing that propels me. And when you go into an audition, that 30 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes for a work session, but that You're five... Lucky. Right, for a if work session. you get session. 30 minutes of a captive audience, honey, it's on. Or like, you know, your, your two minutes, your five minutes, right. that is your opening and closing night. That's wonderful. And that's where you have to live. Yeah. And once I found that, that was my first dose of what I call actor crack. I was like, whoa, I love auditioning now because that's my performance. That's where I get to create a full, an entire character. And then other friends started telling me, you know, ways to cut corners financially. And, um, <laughs> cause I didn't know that either. I was doing the most expensive, fanciest way of doing everything. Aww. But that, that, you know, I didn't know. So then, boom, another dose of actor crack. I, I also him. didn't have a life. Um, <laughs> I was so obsessed with musical theater that, you know, it wasn't... Other people, they go to work, they have a 9-to-5 job. 5 o'clock, you go home, you have dinner, go to your family. But we live in what we do. My work is my skin. Like, I sleep in this. I think about it. Once I started looking at it as a 9-to-5, okay, it's 5 o'clock, I finished that audition. Or, you know, the moment that audition ends, that's when I'm punching out. I always have another place to go. And I also know what the city is outside of Broadway. There are other places. There's downtown. There's, you know, tons of free events to go to. That's another dose of actor crack. So once I started getting all these little bits of information, I really began to enjoy and accept my life as an actor. And then once you do that, I feel like the universe kind of just shifts and aligns and your work becomes informed. If you ever need a place to have Thanksgiving, I just want you to know that you can always come to my house. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> I really like you. I'm you're here. so appealing. Because you're so, you just remind me so much of um, just a young person alone in the city. Oh my God. For a while, I was. Yeah. yeah. It's just, <laughs> whew, it's so worrisome. But you figure it out, and then you learn that your friends become your family. They do. Here, your friends. Yeah, they do. They have to be. You pick well, right? Yeah. You got to pick well. You have to, and that's a you learn that too, Mm -hmm. and you celebrate each other, Mm -hmm. and then you go away. You go on the road. So then I did cruise ships. I reluctantly, I didn't want to, but I took them, and it was the best thing I could ever do because then, as an artist, I began to unlock myself. Yeah, because you have that repetition, mm-hmm. and you get to figure it out in front of an audience, night by night. That's yeah. really great. And there were only for me. I'm an overachiever. They, you only do three shows on a sh- uh, three shows a week on a ship. What? And I was like, that's not enough. Other people, you know, they're like, oh, we're on vacation. This is so nice. But I'm like, 
No, I'm mm-hmm. trying to get ready for Broadway. I need eight shows a week. Mm-hmm. I need so I wasn't fulfilled. I wrote my own show and I did a cabaret on yep. the show. Awesome dot com. <laughs> and um, so I'm doing this cabaret act, and that is when I learned. Oh, I heard my that on YouTube voice. too. <laughs> yeah. That was good. Thank you. Yes, and there's somebody wrote somebody for, who saw it wrote a comment too. Yeah, really, really nice really people sweet. on the show. Yeah, I was like, wow, he was, they must really like him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I didn't know. That's a big part of it too, is knowing what you bring to the party. And I didn't know what I brought to the party. I was like, I can do all these things. Mm-hmm. Do you want me? But that's not what it is. I am the party. So, yeah. you know, I bring this and that. I bring elegance, a voice. I bring, I, you want to dance? Let's dance. Mm-hmm. Once I learned all of those things and came back to audition, mm-hmm. things started to change for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I always say to myself every morning, everything is in its right place. And thank you. Um, and lately I've been saying yes. Because I haven't been able to really wrap my head around the way things are going. Mm-hmm. Instead of going, oh, I just can't believe it. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't have time for that. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know. But so as far as everything being in its right place, that's really what happened with Kinky Boots, I feel. Um, I was on the road in, in the Heights, which was another big aha moment for me because I used to sell T-shirts for the show when I first moved to the city. Wow. And I would sneak into the back of the theater during previews and listen to Andy Blank and Bueller give notes. And I would write them down in a little notebook and say, one day I'm going to take these notes. Oh, my God. And then I got to work with him, and I told him that. Um, And it was a big, that was a dream come true. Um, And then I had to dream bigger. And um, Kinky Boots just came out of nowhere, and I read it, and I've always really wanted to do dialects. I want to do something where I can act and sing and dance and all in one place. And, um, you know, by the grace of God, it's happened. And every day I'm just grateful for it. I'm just growing, growing, growing being around everyone. And you're giving back. You are totally inspirational. I'm so glad Jerry suggested you. I'm already loving this interview, but tell me about After Crack and how you've decided to give back. So, um, as I said before, I, I call the gifts that my friends have given me After Crack. And, uh, That's After Crack. Yes, actor crack, the things that <laughs> propel you as mm-hmm. an actor, the things that you can't live without. Right. Um, and so when the show happened, once I got the show, I was thinking, okay, how can I share this Wait, which show did you start? Kinky Boots. Oh, you started actor crack with Kinky Boots? During Kinky Boots, Oh, yeah. okay, cool. We were on a three-month Oh, in Chicago? Break. Yes, we were on a break from Chicago and New York. Okay. And I was back in Wisconsin. And there's not much to do in Wisconsin. (laughs) So I started writing these essays. I was like, oh, I haven't written in a long time. I think I want to write some essays. And I started writing essays, and all my friends from New York were calling me every now and then and asking for advice. Um, You know, I'm going on a date. Where do I go? Um, (laughs) Or I really need to get a cheap pair of shoes for this audition, but I want them to look really expensive. I want that you have great taste. How can I do it? And, you know, or this audition happened, Kyle, and I feel X, Y, and Z. I just want to talk to you about it. And somehow in that space of just being in Wisconsin, in the middle of the Midwest, you know, I just said, I'm sure other people have gone through and are going through the same thing that my friends, that other actors that, you know, first moving to the city, having been in the city for a long time, and they want a friend or have a friend they go to to ask these questions what if I could put them all in one place and, you know, and create this idea of community? And that is what Actor Crack is. Um, it's a blog on Tumblr. 
and I call it actor crack for Broadway babies, maybes, and crazies. <laughs> um, it's you know, bits and bobs of information and knowledge that make being an actor in New York City beautiful, bearable, and balanced. And balanced is really the most important one um, because every single day you put yourself on the line and say, this is me, I'm the product, mm -hmm. you know, just to either be knocked down, not even paid attention to, or sometimes accepted. Mm. And you have to accept yourself first, mm -hmm. um, but beyond that, you have to decide who am I as the full artist, me mm -hmm. the actor, me the person, me the son, me the brother, who am I? Um, and so that's what that balance part really is. Sometimes it's just going to the pier, you know, reminding yourself I can go to the pier and just watch the water. Wait a minute, have you like lived before? You're so smart. <laughs> you're like um, you're like Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> I read a lot. I read. I know. A lot. I, I mean, I know. I read self help books too. But come on, you're like ten years old. Yeah. You're like just two years older than my son. Come on. Yeah. I read a lot, and I really think it was growing up uh -huh. traveling the world uh -huh. and being left to my own thoughts, being an only child for so long, and now I'm a big brother. My oh, little sister are. is 11 years old. Oh, um, that's so sweet. Yeah. I think it's those things, and I think... You're I, giving back in such a powerful way at such a young age. Thank you. That's really important. It really, um... It start, what it, gave you the courage to get involved with being a big brother? Well... With being a big brother, that, I've always wanted to be a big brother. And then I, she arrived, and um, I, it wasn't really until last year when she turned 11 that I said I have to step up to the plate, because she's a little girl, and I, you know, I have to protect, there's a, there's something in me that's a nurturer and a, a protector with my friends, my family, and um, I want to show her, this is a side note to acting and everything, but I think big brothers have a responsibility to show a little sister what a man should be and how she deserves to be treated and loved. Aww. And so that's my responsibility. Oh, I'm reading this really good book now um, about the three doctors in Newark. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of this one? What's it called? It's called The Pact. No. And it's about these three guys who grew up um, in the late 80s, I guess, or when crack was really big in, in Newark, mm -hmm. and um, this was, and they were in extreme poverty, and they got through high school, and, and they made a pact to become doctors, and it's just all about how, um, how difficult it is to raise black men in America, especially if they have, if they're in poverty, mm -hmm. and, um, and one of the things that in the book that's really huge is like how important mentorship is and how important it is for even for the young men even though they were only college freshmen one of the things that helped them be able to go on and become doctors was that they started to give back right away they started to go back to Newark and go back to the elementary schools and bring the kids to campus and let them see what college was like mm -hmm. even though they were struggling their way through college and the fact that you're doing that already, it's so, God is so amazing because he's reflect. I'm reading that in this book, like mm -hmm. last night, and here you are, manifestation of that in my house, telling me that. It's amazing. It's just amazing that you, that, that you have the courage to do that. I'm just, I'm, I'm blown away. Wow. Thank I'm you. really inspired. You're, you're great. Thank you. You're really great. Thank you. Thank you. Look at yourself in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting in front of a mirror so he can see himself, literally. Okay, anyway, back to actor crack. And so um, um, what is, 
what is, tell me like one of the biggest lessons that you got, especially from traveling, um, that you've like shared in Actor Crack. I mean, like, hmm. I haven't shared anything about my travel adventures yet. Well, you said, well, um, one of the things that stuck out that you just said or, or that I wanted to get back to is that you felt that one of the places that your wisdom came from was from traveling. I haven't traveled. Mm-hmm. It's one of the kind of things that I regret because I decided I wanted to be an actor at a really young age. Mm-hmm. And so I focused so much on acting. That's what happens. Yes. Yeah. And so I didn't travel. Mm-hmm. There's a, and, you know, I decided I wanted to be an actor basically at 14. And I didn't do anything. But act. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. try to act. Yep. And I realized by the time I got to New York, I was half stupid. <laughs> you know, if you asked me about anything, I'd be like, I was going to play about that. <laughs> I just missed a lot of education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I had to spend a lot of time after graduate school just going back and getting a lot of world education. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I still do that. I, I still, that's why I'm reading that book. Right. <laughs> you know, um, just to be like feel part of the regular world. Absolutely. But tell me something that you learned, like you know, living and traveling in Africa as a young man. I mean, that's just so amazing to me. I've never been. I mean, I've only been to Europe. You know, I haven't been very far. I've never been. That's the only place I've been. Europe and uh, the islands. Yeah. Well, so two things. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was younger and I was traveling, I feel so sorry, like sad to say it, but I took it for granted mm-hmm. because for me, when you're five years old, your world is your parents and you know I was being pulled away from DC and pulled away more importantly from Broadway because I was so <laughs> I was Broadway Gosh. or bust that is the title Gosh. of the first chapter of my book I don't have one but if We're I ever just, did it's so funny it's like <laughs> people like us we must be born yeah it must be born That's because we're born like this That's we're like happens. born because I was like that too yeah and it's an obsession and that's why I chose the name actor crack yeah because a true cracker is obsessed with this thing, this acting and creating life and telling stories. And yeah, I used to walk thing. around just reciting plays to myself. Mm-hmm. Just like, just, you know. <laughs> so here I am, and I'm, um, I was torn that mm-hmm. I had to go to this other country, mm-hmm. and I kind of resented it for a moment. Um, but then I used to put on shows in my backyard. Like, I was the little kid with the big voice. And so that was exciting, traveling and seeing a lot of things. Um, How did you find out you could sing? Like, I can't sing, and I fell in love with with Mm -hmm. theater, of course, and singing. But, like, how did you discover your voice? I really think that, listening back to everything that I used to sing as a kid, I think the only reason why I can sing now is because no one told me I couldn't. Wow. You know? Uh I don't think, I really, I don't remember ever saying, oh, my voice is so good, or, no, I just... I saw a show, and they sing in the show, so I was going to sing. Uh-huh. And I, it all started, started by imitation, because I used to be able to sound like Annie. I used, every show I could, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think that's why, uh-huh. because no one ever told me I couldn't sing. Wow. Um, and so the second time I had to travel in my life as an adult was cruise ships. And it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. I resented it. I was real. I, wow. I called my mom and I was like, I don't want to do this. I need to be in the city auditioning. I just don't have money to still be auditioning and I'm running out of fume, uh, running out of, you know, gas. I, mm-hmm. I can't do this. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I need to leave so I can make this money um, and see the world. But the moment I got to, I literally was crying on the plane, Aww. on the phone to my mom saying, I don't want to go. <laughs> it's so sad. Aww. But when I got to Italy, or when we landed in Barcelona, everything changed. It's so important for actors to travel and to see the world because you see other pockets of life. Um, 
you know, every Sunday the ship would port in Barcelona, and I would get off, and I would go to a little cafe called Spritz, and the bartender knew me. We would always talk about her weekend. Um, she was really, I remember she was a gypsy, and she was, she was such a character. And her, her hair would always be a mess, and she would go, oh, Kyle, I just woke up. I took a 20-minute nap, and now I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> and she would tell me, and I remember I would just fall in love with the story, and I was like, this can't be real. And then I fell in love in Rome. And I, you know, all mm-hmm. these things that are now a part of me. I of came course. back to New York City with this completely different attitude because I had been changed. Yeah. Because I stepped outside of that box. And really, even just taking a trip to Philadelphia is something. I yeah. think actors should travel and actors should read. Yes. Those are two really important things because reading stimulates your imagination. Yes. And traveling opens your eyes. It's like a visual stimulator of yeah. your imagination because you can just really sit back and watch the people who, for me, sitting back and watching people who don't speak the same language as me and creating these stories, like that woman is a mother and she's off to do this and that person is shady. He's going off to, you know, and really creating all of these stories. I was a kid again. Um, and it was lovely. And you, that's another great thing about what we do is we get paid to travel sometimes. Yeah. You know? Oh, what a blessing. What a blessing life is. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so great to spend some time with you. So tell me, um, what's the dream? What's next for the great Kyle? Uh, KTP is working on getting better, better, better. Mm-hmm. So now that I'm in the city, I'm working on Actor Crack and giving back and I'll be doing video interviews and a lot of fun stuff with that. Yay! Um, Can you do more singing? There isn't enough on you on the <laughs> internet. I need to be making some please, singing videos. I'll be please. also getting into singing classes and acting classes. Longer videos, please. <laughs> okay. More singing, please. <laughs> we'll I do. love good singing. Thank you. I would love to have you um, be in one of my short films. We'll talk about that off. off. Okay. Um, anyway... So, thank you so much. Congratulations on Kinky Boots. I find you completely and totally inspiring. I thank you on behalf of my audience all around the world. I hope you guys are totally inspired. And I just want um, everyone out there to go out there, be awesome in your auditions, say yes, like Kyle does. (laughs) And uh, thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. Bye.